You are at war with yourself and likely don't realize it. Your thoughts, beliefs, habits, and actions often sabotage you. Are they helping you overcome adversity or setting you up for failure? To win this battle, you must connect with your inner warrior. We all have a warrior within us, one that strengthens our resolve and helps us to rise to meet life's challenges. If you're just surviving rather than thriving, then it's time to embrace the warrior archetype, live the warrior ethos, and ascend. If you are a veteran, first responder, or someone looking to take charge of your life, find your tribe, and then be the hero of your own story, this podcast is for you. Join Mike Kinney and Matt Hastings, two retired U.S. Army officers who served in U.S. Army Special Operations and Army Aviation units, as they share with you optimal performance practices they learned in their time with the Military and Warriors Ascent, a 501c3 nonprofit that helps veterans and warriors with PTS. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warriors Ascent podcast with your hosts, Mike and Matt. I'm glad you're here. So we are, geez, season two, episode seven, and this one is self-efficacy organizing to be effective, right? So let's start by asking the following. So think about this. It's been said that people spend more time planning a vacation than they do planning their lives, right? So how is it that you can achieve your desired outcomes and dreams, right? If you've not determined what that is or even how to get there, we've talked about self-efficacy in, in previous episodes. You're right. Yep. The belief that you can, in fact, accomplish your goals that you've set out for yourself and achieve I'll say any level of success, right? Call it the power of incremental wins, right? Whether that's chalking up small victories or successes or whatever it might be, but just incrementally achieving things and just kind of reinforcing this notion that I can, in fact, honor those commitments to myself and achieve what it is that I set out to achieve, right? But how does one organize to be effective? So we talked about self-efficacy an episode or two ago and how what it's really about is it's the belief in yourself that you can, in fact, be effective. We'll see that begs the question, well, how is it then that one it's is actually effective? How is it that you operationalize it? It's relatively simple in concept. That's what but people I'll are say, here for. Figure that out. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. No, it's very simple in concept, but it's more difficult in execution, right? It takes discipline, habits, rituals, routines, systems, whatever it might be, right? So as Russian... War theorist Karl von Clausewitz says, war is simple, but in war, even the simplest of things is difficult. So hey, it might be simple in concept, but in execution, far more difficult, right? And what he attributes that to is, you know, what we used to term in, in the School of Advanced Military Studies is, you know, Clausewitzian friction, right? In, in common military parlance, it's Murphy, Murphy's Law, you know, that, yeah. that, <laughs> that friction that always gets in the way, right? So in this episode, we'll discuss some basic techniques to operationalize efficacy, right? And mitigate that Clausewitzian friction that we mentioned through proper planning to prevent poor performance. Well, that was something we used to say in Army Aviation too, the seven P's. That's right. Beyond the five. I've heard of the five, but you know, well, tell, just, tell us about the seven. It yes. was just proper prior planning prevents piss poor, piss poor performance. There it is, man. Yeah, that was the seven P's. Um, and it was true. I mean, that was something we said all the time. In fact, it was in a lot of our planning rooms um, because it's just right. I mean, just like you set up, you know, 
in the in the beginning of this that if you know where you're going and how to get there, that's going to make it easier. If you believe in yourself that you can do it, take incremental steps to get there. I mean, you can get her done, you know, but uh, it can be this overwhelming task that I don't know what to do. So I think it's really cool to have an idea to operationalize how to, how to be effective, you know, how to organize to be effective for yourself. So I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, I mean, we, we can talk, you know, vague generalities and we need to be more effective and, oh, that's wonderful, right? <laughs> what, what does that look like? And clearly what we talk about today isn't the end all be all, but at least it's a framework, uh, very military in scope, yeah, <laughs> as one would expect. That. Yeah. Imagine that coming from two, you know, career military guys. Now, that all of that being said, I think there are a lot of, say, best practices that we can borrow from the military that really do do a good job of, of scoping out mission and purpose and goals all with an eye towards uh, accomplishing objectives and missions yep. and all of that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we'd be, we'd be foolish not to borrow from, from the military in that regard. So with that, we'll start with organizing to be effective. Let's start with mission, right? So mission, right? Commander's intent, mission command, right? So not even... Not even so much fixated on, you know, we'll say the tactical task, like, hey, this is specifically what it is that you must do, even though there's certainly facets of that, you know, seize, hold, you know, attrit, destroy, you know, these are all the tactical tasks. The real key, I think, there is mission command or commander's intent. It was commander's intent when I first right. came up, and then I think they've, they've modified it since to mission or to, to uh, mission command in that Yes, you go forward with the tactical task or an assumption as to how you're going to accomplish your mission. But more important is what is the purpose such that if reality necessitates you deviating from the initial plan, you can still achieve the commander's intent. I've always enjoyed that. I've always thought that that was smart because it's the difference between telling somebody in a very lockstep fashion, do this, then this, then this versus Here's a recommended way ahead, but in the end, if it all goes to hell in a handbasket at end state, this is what it is that we want done. Make it happen. Right. And it doesn't have to be, we've said this before, it doesn't have to be a giant mission. It could just be, you know, these small incremental missions or like phased operation like we talked about in previous episodes that um, the mission today could be simply that I'm going to actually journal, you know, before bed and in the morning or something like that it could be something small and it could be, I mean, and you, and you work your way up to those steps to making it happen, you know, until you finally meet that and then it's going to be a bigger mission. And then finally a bigger mission until the missions keep getting bigger and you're actually going somewhere. Well, you know, there's all sorts of other planning constructs that maybe we'll touch upon tangentially, but intermediate military objectives, right? So you have end state, you know, so at end state, you know, where's it you want to be, you know, in terms of geography, temporally, time, um, you know, men, weapons, and equipment, all of that really painting the picture for, it's kind of like a Stephen Covey-ism, right? Start with the end in mind. Yes. Okay. Well, then let's say at end state, this is what things are going to look like. This is where we're going to be. This is what we're going to have in terms of force structure, whatever it might be. So backwards planning. Right, right. But knowing that for, for a larger en- endeavor, you're not going to be able to just jump from A to, to Z. Right. You know, there's B, C, D, E, <laughs> et cetera. Right. In between, those would be intermediate military objectives. 
It's a long way of saying, hey, if you've got a big project or a big goal, you're going to be taking a lot of steps in achieving certain milestones all along the way and just carving those out, those, you know, that incrementalism that we talked about. Incremental wins, not only is that just chalking up incremental victories to kind of reinforce this, this identity or image of yourself that, no, I can achieve goals, yeah. I can be effective, yes. I can honor commitments to myself. But it's also a great way in terms of a planning construct of really eating that elephant one bite at a time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. right. Yeah. So purpose, right? What is it in the end that you, that you want to achieve, right? Key tasks are the other ones. So what, what are the major steps? Certainly not everything, right? Because there's a lot of specified or even implied tasks, in, you know, obviously implicit in, in achieving any goal or objective. But if you can outline those key tasks, those major muscle movements, those are good, you know, I'd say intermediate military objectives as yeah, well. They, yeah, they are. Right. And then obviously at end state, what is it that, you know, what Look is like. it that you want to achieve, you know, militarily, as I mentioned, Typically, hey, where we are in geography, by what time, what objectives have we accomplished, um, et cetera. But hey, in our civilian lives at end state, you know, you're training for a marathon. You know, you want to be able to run said marathon, said distance, this pace, you know, whatever it might be. Right, that's good. You know, so that, that gears you towards that. So, so then goal setting, smart goals, right? So we're all familiar with smart goals. I think we've touched upon that. Yeah, we did. You know, so specific, measurable, you know, achievable, et cetera, et cetera. So smart goals, important, but I'll use another construct that we had in the military, you know, current ops, future ops plans. Yeah. So current ops, what do you, what do you remember about that? The coup ops guys, they, you know, that's what's going on right now. Today's fight. Um, and they're making sure that Battlefield circulation is going the way it should be. It's they're making sure that the key leader engagements are happening. Whatever it is, you know, they're just tracking the right. the actual battle. Twenty four hours, twenty four maybe forty eight troops yep. in contact. Yep. All of that. Future ops really more seventy two ninety six hours or so. So not quite day to day or you know the immediate tomorrow, but all right in, in a couple of days. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on in those future ops cells mm -hmm. though. Yes. Yeah, and that's important too to have you know an eye on the next ridge line. We'll say, and lastly, plans. So those O plans, con plans, so operational plans, contingency plans, in you know again in, in, in I'll say planning parlance. But those are the you know the big. big you pull those off the shelf. You know some of our you know what they used to call war plans, um, and and those are uh, you know far more deliberate planning. Not that any of these or oh, the other ones aren't deliberately planned, but there's a lot more that goes into an O plan or a con plan. Uh, we'll just say from like a, a time standpoint that the temp the temporal aspects you're talking months, you know, years, whatever right. it might be, without belaboring it. What I like is I, I, I like that construct. So, hey, what am I going to do today or tomorrow? You know, what, what, is, what is my current operation? What are my goals that I've set for myself? Um, then, hey, next week, you know, what are my weekly goals maybe or even, you know, monthly goals? I'll say that's roughly, yeah, you know, future right. ops or whatever. But then I say quarterly, you know, six-month, year. Man, those are plans, you know, and planning those accordingly, right? So I find that very helpful 
I, I like the rule of three, you know, in terms of planning certain things, you, you have too many objectives, too many goals that just becomes way too cumbersome. So I like to try to break it out. Like what we see here, energy, productivity, right? Connection or relationships. So you can have all sorts of objectives and goals per day. And let me delineate the difference between like a task list as an example. Right. And goals and objectives. You can have a task list of 10, 20, 30 things that are get the milk and bread, pick up the mail. Okay. Those are to-do lists and they may be long busy. and busy, but much, much different than goals and objectives, which That's are right. the needle movers that are really going to achieve break cycles outcomes for you. Right. right. And making that delineation, which is why some people may say, Three goals a day. What? I've got so much going on. I've got so many other things. Well, no, we get that. But that's kind of the realm of the to-do list. If you're not delineating in your mind goals in, I'll say, energy, we'll break that out. And, and it's a construct. I'm not saying it's the best one. I use it. I think it's good. So my goals might be, hey, I'm going to work out or you know, go for a walk or whatever it might be, but just catering for my, for my energy in terms of a routine and things of that nature. We'll talk about that in a future episode, but having a routine or a ritual that caters for that. Um, by the same token, you can pick, I don't know, a race or certain fitness standards or whatever it might be. But in that portion of your life, you know, just have something, some goal um, earmarked, you know, right. such that, you know, that, that, that is an objective each day. You know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a smoke or workout. It can be something as simple as I'm going to eat right today or I'm going to get sleep or whatever right. it might be. So productivity, whether that's work, um, geez, whether that's family, you know, or, or, or something like that, but having some level of productivity goal. You know, so for us, it might be a podcast, right. a decent podcast. So case in point, like last night, ginning up notes, for this, for this podcast, I had in my mind what it is that I wanted to do, but having the, you know, the lead in, all right, let's come up with an, with an interesting anecdote. You know, you spend more time planning a, you know, vacation than you do yeah. your life, you know, the kind of hook deal and then outlining, all right, well, how, how would one operationalize effectiveness? So, you know, that, that's a goal for, you know, for yesterday to kind of outline that such that today it helps, you know, achieve the goal of doing our podcast. And there it is. Last one I'll say is connection, connection or relationships. So those are family goals. That's all right. Hey, you know, for me, coaching football, assistant coach. Um, we're planning on doing the haunted house thing. Oh, <laughs> you get yeah. the haunted houses, you know, right up the road that are oh, really yeah. cool beast and edge oh, of hell. Yeah, yeah. Some cool ones. So going to do that with, you know, my, my kids and, you know, one of the other coaches, his kids. So you, you got to plan stuff like that. Otherwise you're like, oh yeah, you will get around to it. Now put the data on the calendar. There it is. Those meaningful moments that the kids enjoy, you know, linking up right. with my buddies. So, you know, another infantry yeah, relationship guy, building, you know? you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, mm -hmm. what, are your, what are your thoughts there? Well, I, I keep coming back to, you know, why are we talking about this stuff? These, because we know that we're going to run into obstacles. We know that's going to happen. Right. Right. And so we know that, that, you know, with Klauswitz talked about friction, I looked that up a little bit, you know, what that really is, is kind of like, it's how I'm going to become frustrated or angry or messed up, you know, these friction points. 
And so here's this great way to go, okay, I'm probably going to run into this stuff and I might even get upset. So how am I going to work my way around that potential? You know, by doing these things, you know, mission, purpose, goal setting, you know, all the things we just discussed and connections with family and making times and all that stuff. So that's all I can really come up with is like how important this really is, you know, and why we're sitting there talking about it. Um, well, along, along those lines, just real fast. So Eisenhower, right? General, Supreme Allied Commander, President, right? All of that was point correct. He, he would say, um, the plan is nothing. Planning is everything. Right. Right. And it's that age old adage, you know, plan doesn't survive first, first contact. But Eisenhower's point in that is the plan in and of itself isn't as important as, we'll say, disciplining the mind of the commander and the staff, for that matter, and thinking through the problem such that you understand, you know, all of the the elements and the yeah. issues and the nuances exactly. And that way you go in with, with a working plan, you know, you're going in proposition. But really, in the end, it's about, all right, I, I, I know what needs to be done. To your point, it's the contingency piece. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, all those things are super important. You know, and you're going to talk about metrics next. So I'll let you continue into that because there's some pretty <laughs> good points there, too, I think. So Peter Drucker, right, the effective executive, another good book. Um, and he's been, I call, I, I think, called the, the godfather of management science, Peter Drucker, for those that know. But one of my favorite quotes from him is, that which is measured is managed. It, you know, again, it's, it's elegant in its simplicity, but, but very powerful. It's like when you go through the trouble of measuring something and saying, all right, hey, these are the metrics by which I'm going to measure success or failure. <laughs> You manage it because yeah. you're cognizant of it because you realize, well, well, geez, I'm going to hold myself accountable or somebody is, number one. And I'd say less, maybe onerous isn't the right word, but it's really geared you know, less towards, oh my God, somebody's going to grade me, even though that might be some of it, or you're going to grade yourself. But now you've got the ability to kind of like baseline and then say, all right, well, here's how I'm going to know whether or not I'm being successful. Or not. And that's why you see, yeah. you know, case in point, we, you know, everyone's got their Garmin, you know, their wearables with yeah. metrics and it's a, it's a perfect yeah. example. Your watch is not, you know, beating up on you, telling you you're a fat, lazy piece of crap. You didn't yeah, beat your goals. Yeah. I mean, it's agnostic, <laughs> you know, it just measures it. But the fact that you can look at it and say, okay, hey, what did I run today? What was my pace? How many steps did I get in? What, right. was, what was my resting heart rate? What, you know, what, what zone did I get into that? It affords you the ability to really kind of delve into, Hey, how, how did you perform? I, I think lends itself to increased performance. I mean, you hear it all the time when people are measuring their steps, they do more of them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's a fact. We, we had a thing in army aviation again with the accident and incident reporting. Right, so there would be different levels of, of accidents, right? And it, it was always a dollar figure associated with it, where a class A being the worst, whether there, okay. that could mean there was a death as well. Yeah. Or I can't remember the dollar figure, it was like a million bucks. It was, it, 
It was, it was a lot though. Um, they had to change it because things on helicopters are very expensive. So <laughs> yes. you, you I think everything on a helicopter is like a class A <laughs> level a class a, thing right? other than, you know, so, maybe your but, tire comes off or something. So what they would found is that the units that were very dedicated to reporting the minorest of incidents and accidents that were, you know, you'd find out these are, um, unrecordable but reportable or something like that so but the units that were reporting on themselves had no big accidents Mm -hmm. and so it was that mindset that's exactly what it was it was a mindfulness of a safety culture because it was like man we're going to make this report and so we're just very cautious all the time and we you know and so you know across the army you could see the data that was true that the more they report on small incidents, the less big accidents happened. Well, see, that's interesting. That's kind of like <clears throat> Rudy Giuliani's broken windows theory, right? So my, well, I told you, my brother's a cop, he's a police chief in my hometown, you know? So um, he would talk about Giuliani's broken windows theory when he's mayor of New York back in what, the 80s or something, right? And, uh, you know, the notion was, hey, if you allow buildings, vacant buildings, to you know, get their windows broken and just be vandalized. Next thing you know, everything falls into a state of disrepair because it shows you don't care. Nobody's watching these buildings, you know, graffiti, what have you. And it just kind of sends a message that it's, it's a very laissez-faire, we don't care, do what you want. Right. But in instances, and, and this is you know, an example, where they would uh, cite people for jumping, you know, like subway turnstiles. Something that in, in the 70s, and I remember this, all the time. In, you know, New York um, would happen all the time. They'd let people get away with these peccadillos, you know, and, and misdemeanors. But Giuliani came in as like, no, we're going to hold people accountable for, I'm not going to say everything, but even the little things. And then guess what? Then the big, you know, felonies and assaults and those got less Starts, and less yeah. because the message sent was if we're, we're going to pay attention to even the small things. Oh my God, the big things, they're never going to let that fly. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, watch your pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves kind of along those lines. Yeah. But no, yeah. there's, there's something to be said about that to your right. point with the, with the, you know, with the small, the small things leading to big things. Yeah. So what else? Tools. So. On one hand, we talked about setting goals and objectives and plans, and then obviously the metrics. But hey, j- just some tools, and not not to be a-, a goof here, like hey, no kidding, planners, calendars, you know, project management. But here's what I'll say, you know, f- that I've come to find over time: if you set a priority, a goal, but you don't afford, you don't set aside time for it on your calendar, and you say this is my priority. These are my three goals for today, as an example. And most planners have that. Hey, what are your goals? Great. And then they've got an outline of your day, you know, with with 30-minute time blocks, whatever it might be. Here's what I'll say. If you've got nothing but a list of priorities, well, here's my task list, here's my to-do list, and here's my goals with no time blocks allocated, not going to get done. The true, the true measure, the true show of importance is when you say, here's this task that's important to me. It's my top three. And I'm going to do it at this and time. And I'm going to do it at this time. And it sounds like, yeah, hey, no kidding, doofus. But people don't do that. I know. And their goals and their tasks becomes aspirational. 
And it's, oh, when I get time, I'll do it. And it'll be automatic. It's not. Even family time, stuff like, oh, we're going to yeah. go and do a date. Or like I said, you know, with the haunted houses. My wife and I, we've been talking for, you know, a while. Hey, we need to do that. We need to do that. We need to do that. And it wasn't until my buddy, you know, Coach Rick, infantry guy, right? We're always talking army stuff and the kids are like, yeah, back, back, back when you and Coach Rick were in the NAM. I was like, we weren't in Vietnam. We're not that old. No, but uh, he's like, hey, let's do this, man. It's like, all right, let's do it. Put it on the calendar. Guess what? Now it's going to get, you know, because you've made a commitment to yourself, right? So, um, you know, another thing I think is cool about a calendar and it's simple and is to share it with somebody so that somebody else sees, like mm-hmm. for, for instance, on a Trello board or something, you have right. people that watch, watch your project or watch. And so it's like, yeah, I got, I got people seeing what I do. So, or like if I say I got to get this done at this time and I'm the only one that knows it, then I'm easy to cheat on. But if I've said it in front of other people or shared it on my shared calendar, even if it's with a, a spouse, a sig other or something like that, it's just like there's a level of accountability there for some reason, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I like to share that calendar or make sure there's watchers on, you know, the projects and Trello, stuff like that. Well, I mean, you bring up a really good point is with any goal, it could be a personal goal, right? And not just, you know, hey, a boss or a peer or your coworkers who are depending on you to get said, said task done, you know, where it's in their, what's, it's in their direct interest. It, it could be a personal goal. Like, hey, yeah, I'm going right. to run a Spartan race. Or you, you can keep that to yourself. And if you run it or not, it's not going to impact anyone else. However, as you pointed out, when you socialize it like that, and say, you know, hey, um, this is what I said I'm going to do. Now there's that social pressure that I said I'm going to do it. And Man. I'm going to look like a jackass if I, don't, yeah. if I don't do it. There's something to be said in terms of motivation. Exactly. Yeah, that. All right, I'm going to socialize. Not brag like, oh, I'm going to no, do no, it. But you're like, hey, this is my goal for myself. And your, your buddies yeah. will, will keep you to it. There's, so even if somebody just said, how's that going? You know, not even just to be mean or... Uh, you know, challenging just to ask you generally. And you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. you know, I, it's just accountability. It works for me. Yeah. No, and then we've got guys like, you know, D- Dave and JD, you know, with, you know, exercise physiology degrees and that were like, hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this or I'm dealing with that. And they can be like, oh, here's what you need to do to break through that plateau. Yeah. You know, and, or, or get stronger or, or whatever. So yeah, I mean, on, on a variety of levels, that's great. Yeah. So put it on the calendar, having a planner, bottom line, putting it on paper, people, you know, people that write down their goals. I forget what the percentage is. It's like 70% higher probability that they actually achieve them versus just verbalizing them and never putting that to paper. Last thing, you know, we talked about, you know, project management, so many things in life are, you know, I'll say projectized, right? So whether it's Trello or Asana, there's a multitude of tools out there. You know, the Kanban system, right? Which is, you know, cards, right? So it's, you know, Kanban, I think means card in Japanese or something like yeah, that. Something like that. Where you take that card and then you move it, you know, to, you know, from you know, a task list to done or, you know, you're moving it down that, that, that pipeline. But some manner of, of tracking progress, you know, and seeing, all right, hey, am, am I coming closer to realizing that goal? And as you pointed out, like with Trello, where you can socialize that, where everybody can see your progress or lack thereof, right. keeps everyone honest. I think that's, you know, another great, another great tool. 
It enhances visibility for everybody. I like the whole concept of the dashboard. I like to be able to see, all right, hey, what do I have got, you know, yeah, what, what do I have going on? And, and Trello just reach out with that. Yeah. No, go ahead. Was yeah, in the leadership role, it's a great way to manage what's going on, you know, I mm-hmm. think to see what's happening. Because otherwise, man, you know, it's like seeing the forest, can't uh, see yeah. the forest through the trees, yeah. right? Because you're like, there's so much. Whereas if you've got some sort of information management, it's like, what did I say I was going to do today? Oh, that's right. How does this nest, and, and this is a big militarism, you know, horizontal and vertical nesting, you know, with hires order, but yep. you've got an overarching goal, which might be big and lofty, many moving parts. And it's nice to be able to see where what you're doing today nests and relates to that overarching goal. Not only just for you, but as you pointed out, with any sort of organization where, you know, you've got a variety of people all contributing, you know, to, yeah. to that goal. It's nice for them to see as well, hey, where do they fit into that? Yeah. So and I like the idea of sprints, um, which was something that, you know, the software community mm-hmm. does, but all it really means is agile being a, a, a type. I'm not yeah, really sure. A, I can't a, agile development, really yeah. software. I borrowed it. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not certified in that at all. What I like about it is these little 10 day chunks or you could make it well, a five day chunk, whatever you want it to yeah, be. Yeah. I mean, I'd say the crux of it is velocity. You know, mm-hmm. what, what they talk about is how quickly you can turn on this and you can test it and you can kind of, I'll say titrate it to where, okay, Hey, we said we're going to do this, the following tasks and some of them may be recurring. How quickly can we actually get these done? They've got, you know, what's called a backlog where it's just like a, a list of all your tasks. Then you assign them and you're like, all right, we're going to do a five day sprint where we're going all, all in to get this yeah. done. I just like that level of focus. I, I like the too. level of visibility. Especially on a team, and, right? and I like just a handful of things to focus on with laser like focus, yeah. the speed and the efficiency. And you can do that for yourself. I mean, that's exactly if that's it. something that. It, it, if you like that kind of efficiency thing, it's an idea you can use for yourself. Yep. Now, so in closing, key takeaways. Hey, what's the mission, right? Always be clear on that. Purpose, right? Versus tactical tasks. Key tasks, end state, right? Smart goals, current ops, future ops, plans, right? The temporal aspects, right? Metrics, that which is measured is managed. And then some of the tools we mentioned. If you don't put it on the calendar, it's probably not going to get it. So. Man. All right, brother. Another episode down. Amen. All right. All right. We'll see you next time. Hi, Matt Hastings here, sending a thank you for watching this episode of the Warriors Ascent podcast. You know, we strive to build a community of warriors made up of our nation's veterans and first responders, and to reach as many of those in need as possible, we need your help. Please just smash that like button and comment or share our content. Warriors Ascent is a Kansas City-based nonprofit that aids veterans and first responders with PTS. I went through this effective program and want those that are struggling to find what I found. Check us out on our website at warriorsascent.org.